And then you'll be able to get a good fee for whatever it is. So uh, don't, don't worry too much. Uh, that's uh, the, everybody's, uh, somebody's interested in everything. And anything you can be interested in, you'll find others will. But it's absolutely stupid to spend your time doing things you don't like. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our manifestation journey. My name is Samantha. My name is Michaela. And we live together with our husbands and children. In the fall of 2019, we decided to go on our manifestation journey. On this journey, we didn't really know what laid ahead of us. No, we did not. And then everything happened. We started using law of attraction strategies. We started listening to podcasts. We were reading all of the books. We were doing all of the meditations. And we found more than we could have ever dreamed of. And we know that more is on its way to us. So you can go back to episode one and follow us on this journey because we started not knowing anything. And now we have, we feel like our journey is blossoming. And after all, if you do really like what you're doing, it doesn't matter what it is, you can eventually turn it, uh, you could eventually become a master of it. It's the only way to become a master of something, you really will it. We're tired of people not living their dream lives. We're tired of it. <laughs> We're here to tell you your dream life is possible, what you desire desires you, and we are here to help you get into alignment with what you really want and ask for more and receive more and become the best version of yourself and live a life that inspires other people and helps other people and raises the vibration of the planet and makes this world a better place. It all sounds bumper sticker after school special and it's not. That's what we're here to tell you. It's not. Like it's real. It's real. We live it every day. It's better than I visualized. Mm -hmm. It's more magical. It's more exciting and we know we are just getting started. Yeah. We can't wait to show you and ourselves what's possible and just add to the magic that has been our manifestation journey. We know how valuable time is, so we're really grateful that you've chosen to spend some of your time with us. Thank you and enjoy. Hello and welcome back to our manifestation journey. I'm Michaela and I'm Sam. And we just got off another guest interview with uh, Victoria Richmond. Mm-hmm. And we went all over the map with this one. Yeah. <laughs> we went everywhere. Um, we talked about, well, first and foremost, we talked about manifestation and strategies and experiences and stories. And that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Like she, um, she calls them codes. Those are her downloads. Um, so that's really neat. But yeah, just like some experiences that we've had and, you know, digging into her perspective of the law of attraction. Um, so that was cool. Mm -hmm. We wanted to find out, um, because she is so in tune with feminine energy. And, um, so we were just curious about her perspective on your gains really high. I don't know why I can't see it. Can you turn your thing down? Either that or there you go. Yeah. Is that better? That's better. So do what do we do now? Just keep talking. Oh, okay. Are you gonna edit that? <laughs> nope. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So yeah, we were just curious to learn about her her method of manifestation and mm. her thoughts about it because mm-hmm. she is so in tune with feminine energy. Um, but then yeah, then we talked about 
Harry Potter. Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. And a really, really fun, interesting part too was the divine masculine energy, Mm -hmm. which is something that we don't hear too, too much about in this community and definitely needs to be talked about. Yeah, that was really interesting. So yeah, we kind of went all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, we talk about a fun experience that I had on Mother's Day as well, Hmm. uh, kind of leading into the Mary Magdalene and all that stuff. Anyway, all of this fun, juicy stuff is to come, but... uh, yeah, it was just such a lovely um, experience with her. We just had so much fun. and mm. Time flew, like the last time. Time flew, yeah, exactly, just like the last time. Um, okay, so I just want to read a bit about Victoria, too, in case you've missed the last episode. Um, I, I thought that, should I just say to go listen to the other one, or should I just, should I say that? Mm. Okay, if you want to know what... <laughs> I'm like, I have her information here, so I could say something about that. But like, well, what, I, I guess whatever you're drawn to do, whatever you feel inspired to do. Yeah, well, I can just mention, I guess if you are clicking onto this and you haven't listened to part one, go back um, because I do like a whole introduction in that last episode. But I guess I could just say that she's a feminine embodiment guide, a woman hormone healer, an inner child and sha- shadow alchemist. Um, so that title alone is like, um, she's a hubby, hubby, whaty? Um, she just, she's a deeply rooted passion. She says for working with women to guide them back to their power and passion from their inner source of love, pleasure, emotional, spiritual, and physical health. Like, oh my God, that and so much more goodness and richness. Um, but yeah, she's, she's super lovely. Um, so her, her interview is coming up here shortly. And it's funny, I was talking to Sam because we've got the advertisements with our podcast now. And I'm like, I don't like how there's no like introduction to that. Cause we're new to this, right? You guys are on this journey with us. We're learning how to make this podcast. So, um, I've decided I'd like to introduce the ad mm-hmm. before it comes. Mm-hmm. So what I'd like to tell you guys now, first, I want to remind you, this is a zoom call. There is like one point or two points where the internet lags. And so... Her voice has to like catch up and stuff. You guys know the Zoom world. Um, or you should by now. Um, so yeah, there's a little bit of that. And of course, like the odd uh, baby crying in the background, but you're used to that too. So um, don't even know why I mentioned that. Um, <laughs> if you're new to this, if this is your first one, yes, baby's crying in the background of this podcast. Um, yeah, so there's those natural uh, Zoom call hiccups. Um, so expect those. Um, but yeah, I, before we dive into this really lovely conversation with Victoria, um, how do, how do people say it? How do the professionals say it? Uh, listen to this interview with Victoria after this brief message from our sponsor. That, you nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) So not the way we say things, but yes, there will be the really delicious mood milk ad, and then you'll listen to Victoria speak, our conversation with Victoria, so enjoy enjoy get comfy get present take a deep breath inhale exhale your bed is so cozy outside it is misty and you hear rain tapping lightly on the windows you get up put on your comfiest robe wash your face, and go downstairs to the kitchen. You put on a Nora Jones record and hear the crackle as you watch the record spin. 
you open your fridge and grab your favorite oat milk. Froth it up with your new frother and add the most delicious latte blend to your favorite mug. It's smooth, it's comforting, and you can't believe how good it tastes. This is my morning. I may have left out the noisy babies and life's impending stressors, but you get the picture. This magical blend is called the Coconut Matcha Latte Blend from Mood Milk, and I look forward to it every morning. It is honestly so delicious that I say how amazing it is out loud when I drink it. And this is only one of the four amazing latte blends that have been expertly curated with their own superfoods and botanicals to nourish you. My favorite one features energizing matcha, brain-boosting lion's mane mushroom, and nutrient-rich moringa. They also have a pretty pink beet chai latte that supports your mood and energy levels, a golden latte with turmeric that supports your immune system and reduces inflammation, and a light blue spiced vanilla latte that helps to relax your mind and melt away stress. I have tried them all, and let me tell you, they are all fantastic. And get this, I've done the math and you can enjoy these magical lattes for as little as 70 cents a cup. Like how? Mood Milk's mission is to reconnect women to themselves so that they can learn to listen to their bodies and honor their needs and desires. If that's not something you can get behind, then you might not be listening to the right podcast. I honestly can't say enough about this company and their products. I love them, and I know you will too. So much, in fact, that our manifestation journey has teamed up with Mood Milk to give you 10% off your first order. Just enter the code OMJ for our manifestation journey and receive a 10% discount on this magical and delicious cup of yumminess. Visit www.mymoodmilk.com today and order the blend that speaks to you. And make sure to reach out when you do. I can't wait to hear that you love it as much as I do. You can find the link to mymoodmilk.com in the show notes. Now go on. Get in the mood. Hello and welcome back to our manifestation journey. I am Kayla. I am Sam. Or Mickey. Mickey or Michaela. And Sam. And we have a very (laughs) special guest that has come back to talk with us for amazing part two of, I guess, I don't know, the title still could be uh, self-pleasure is the answer mm-hmm. part two. Well, we don't know what the title is. We don't usually know what the title we, is yet. Usually yeah. we title uh, things after. But this is following that one. And so I should part say two. that if you haven't heard that one, go back and listen to it mm-hmm. because it's amazing. Uh, and then come back and listen to this one because you'll have a whole other level of foundation as to why we think Victoria is amazing. <laughs> um, so this is Victoria. Say hi, Victoria. Hello, everyone. So happy to be back. <laughs> oh, man, we're so happy to have you back. Oh, my God. So, okay, I have a quick question, just sort of quick before we get into the large topic that we want to talk about. I'm wondering about this code, like literally the word code. I feel it's starting to become like a hot word in the sort of spiritual community online and you're using it on your Instagram and I want to know what it means (laughs) what are you talking about (laughs) it's so interesting because I feel like it's so subjective you know I feel like it's going to mean different things for different people 
but for me, it's just wisdom and information purely. And for me, that comes from my connection to the divine, to source, to God. Um, and I channel that into my work with women. Um, but for other people, like um, in the spiritual wellness woo-woo community, uh, they will channel like certain ascended masters or like the galactic federation, like aliens and stuff like that. <laughs> so it, it just depends on the person, but it's essentially information. For most people, I feel like that's a pretty good blanket uh, explanation for so it. So the code is the information. Yes, information, okay. the wisdom. Yeah. Okay. And like everybody sort of gets it from different sources. Yeah. So like, how would you use code in a sentence? I was going to ask that. <laughs> like, how do I essentially transcribe? Well, how would you use it? Like if you were like, because I've seen you say just the word codes, like in your stories. And I'm like, what does she mean? So like, how would you use that word in a sentence? Like today in meditation, I had a lot of potent codes come through. Amazing. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Downloads. Is that another yeah, way? Downloads. Okay. Another okay. Got Epiphanies. It. Okay. Um, things like that. Okay. Okay. That helps. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> it's just a word. I keep seeing it circulating and I'm like, I'm not cool enough. I'm not cool enough to know what this means. I did not know that at all. Like, yeah. I'm like educated right now. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> so now the community knows. And now, you know, when you yeah. see codes, it means downloads. Mm -hmm. and yeah. And everyone has different, I could also, you know, qualify it as like wisdom for sure, because like mm -hmm. I have different wisdom than someone else. So someone else's codes are gonna be different than mine. Okay. Um, yeah, it, they're just, that makes sense. just wisdom. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. Um, I do wanna mention, so you know how um, detailed we got in our last podcast, <laughs> and how we were like calling out our poor dad. So we <laughs> talked to him yesterday. He, he called oh into it. No, so now he calls, Every, every time. time he listens to an episode. Yeah. So he listens to the episode, then he calls us right away. I'm <laughs> and then he's just like, I loved it. He's like the our number one fan, our number one cheer cheerleader. Hi, dad. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> he, dad. yeah, say hi, dad. Uh, so he called yesterday, mm -hmm. FaceTimes. I think he just likes that connection too, like that FaceTime. FaceTime yeah. He FaceTimes. It's an excuse just, to FaceTime. He's just like, I just listened to your uh, episode. Oh my God, I loved it. Like he, he kept saying, he's it. like, you guys are doing it. You're raising the vibration of the planet and women need to talk oh, about this stuff. And he like, was, it was so, <laughs> he wasn't like, I don't know. He was just he wasn't really, put off by it no, at all. No, he no. was just like more of this, please. Like he was really, 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 really liked it. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that he yeah. like felt it and resonated. Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty impressive. Like he's a 70 plus year old man. <laughs> yeah. Because oh like guys. what I'm talking oh about yeah. is timeless. Like it's mm -hmm. ancient stuff that I talk mm -hmm. about and use mm -hmm. and do. It's like nothing new. So when people hear about it, it's like this instant mm -hmm. remembrance and they understand it. It makes sense because um, it's just been lost to us you know right. sex, right. the womb stuff masculine feminine all of that like that used to just be the norm and like right. that way of thinking 
until something else took over. So it's just like, yeah, it's universal. Right. Right. Literally. I love that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So he was, yeah, he was so good about it. Super supportive and lovely. And I just thought it was important that you knew that he heard it. So glad I have your dad's stamp of approval. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever think that your audience would be a 70 plus old white guy? Probably not. You know, no, but I've always had older friends and 20 years older than me. So Yeah. 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 We really vibe with, with the older generation for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. Um, okay. So the big meaty topic today, um, we want to talk about this world of feminine divinity and your perception of law of attraction and manifestation, um, how to bring all of the yummy goodness your way and live your best life. So we talked a little bit about it in the last episode when we read that post of yours that was just so delicious. Oh yeah, um, so mm. good. So, but we want to talk about like that world, right? Because that's the world that we live in and that we talk about on this podcast. And um, I think it's helpful for people to step into not only like our shoes and the life that we are embodying. Um, so to hear a little bit about that, but to hear different perspectives on strategies mm-hmm. of law of attraction manifestation. So they hear us all the time, but we want to hear your, your view on that, your perspective on it, um, and steps that you take on a daily basis. Yeah, for sure. So I feel like I've really fully hacked manifestation just over the past six or so months. Like fully, you know, yeah, by by getting into the quantum physics aspect of it, um, and the multidimensionality of manifestation. And I'll explain that, but like, I'll say you need the law of attraction. Obviously it's super valid to me. That's the feminine energy. That's the flow. That's the ease. That's the receptivity. And then you also need this law of action, this masculine doing outward, making stuff happen. Mm-hmm. You need both. Um, however, I see a lot of people in our world, the new age, spiritual, or just like wellness, self-development world, only focusing on the law of attraction and also only being like, okay, if I meditate enough on it and think about it enough or say my affirmations, then it'll work. And yes, that is definitely a part of it uh, for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. it's an essential piece. Mm-hmm. However, the other third, I would say, is removing blockages. Because say I want another $3,000 or something. If I don't intrinsically feel worthy of mm-hmm. that $3,000, I'm going to block it. I'm not going to be able to manifest it. And that worthiness perhaps originated from my childhood, you know, my inner child, or if I really want to have a cervical orgasm and that's when I want to manifest because I've never had one before, but I have this shame story around Mm -hmm. sexuality, a part Mm -hmm. of my shadow self that I spoke about on the last episode, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to be blocked from achieving that cervical orgasm. Um, And so that's why the inner child, the shadow work, also trauma work is so important because you can't download if there's these huge intrinsic blockages, like it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
especially to the level that you really seek. So there's that. And then also the quantum. So a lot of people, you might've heard people talk about like the 3D, the 4D, the 5D, these different dimensionalities. Um, it's definitely backed by quantum physics now. Um, and the 3D is this physical reality we can see, we can touch, we can feel. Um, and then the 4D is where we go. It's kind of your subconscious and also the astral realm. So we go there when we sleep. When we're sleeping, when we're dreaming, mm -hmm. that's the astral, that's the 4D. Mm -hmm. um, it's also some of these rabbit holes that you can go down, like conspiracy theories, which always end up being true eventually, <laughs> in my opinion, <laughs> even if it's years later. Um, and then the 5D, that's where the true manifestation happens. So the 5D is this level of vibration and frequency of unconditional love, peace, all of that, the new earth people talk about um, anchoring in. And it's the realm of feeling, mm. not seeing, but feeling. And so what happened for me, I had a huge shift when I was, I wanted the things I wanted, but I wasn't being in that frequency, being in that vibration to anchor it in. So I recommend people act as if it's already happened. Like, how would you feel if you had that extra $3,000 in your bank account, how would you pour your morning coffee? Mm -hmm. How would you speak to your colleagues if mm -hmm. you had that abundance? You know, how would you just go about your day anchoring in the feeling? That's like the quantum, mm -hmm. that's the 5D. Um, and that's what really bridges those alternate timelines and brings you in alignment with that, which you really desire and seek. So, um, there's lots of things you can do to anchor that in, um, but getting into the feeling of the thing, be it instead of want it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you'll just naturally, for me, that's what accelerates the process, you know? Um, so yeah, that's my opinion on manifestation in a nutshell. Oh my love God. It. it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I really, really loved it. I love this blend of like Oh my gosh. I feel like there's like so much that I want to say. Um, but the blend of masculine and feminine, I love that. Um, I feel like in the spiritual world, we talk a lot about the law of attraction and the feminine aspect of that, right. Of receiving, but the doing I think is tricky to navigate. Like, is it that I'm doing because I'm supposed to be doing, or is it that I'm only supposed to be doing things that light me up. Like it's, it's kind of, it can be confusing mm. to know what you're supposed to be doing. Um, but I mean, I, I guess I'd love to hear what you'd have to say about that. And maybe you already touched on it when you're, you were saying that you were being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have to meet the universe or God, whoever, whatever you believe in, you have to meet it halfway. Like you can't just be like, okay, I really want this new car <laughs> and just sit there and wait to like, it's not going to happen. You have to do something. So breaking it down, meeting the universe halfway, like what is it going to take for you to get that car tangibly and like the perfect car that you really desire? Is it investing? 
Is it shifting your resources? Is it selling your old car? Like it's putting these wheels in motion or even starting to look for that car, you know? Go shopping, sit in that actual car and feel what it feels like to be in that car. That'll help you anchor in that energy. Um, so there's like tangible, like logical steps like that. But um, also for me, again, it's the sensations, it's the feeling mm -hmm. of that thing you desire. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a year ago, I wanted like five new clients. Like that was my goal um, in the span of like two months. And so I would dance as if I already had those clients and it would be mm -hmm. an embodiment practice. Like I was feeling that frequency, that energy mm -hmm. within my body, what it was like to hold that space for mm -hmm. those people. Um, so that's an example. Does that answer that. your question? I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so weird that you're talking about the car. Nikki's mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> been looking for a car as if, if you've been listening to this podcast since oh my God. day one, you know that Mickey's been looking for her car. I wasn't planning on announcing it on this podcast. I know, but, but she just I know, said I know, all I know, of I know, the things. I know, I know. That's Everyone's so crazy. Like, this is so weird. She like, literally talked. She, like you listed all the things I've done she, in the last week yeah. about the car. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Went and sat in one and my car's on Kijiji right now, which is like a classifieds thing in Canada. Um, so yeah, it's obviously we're going to tell the story for another podcast, Properly. but the point is you gave an example of all the things that Mickey has been doing. <laughs> I haven't danced week. yet though. Cause I don't have my car yet. Spoiler. I don't have my car yet, but I haven't <laughs> danced yet. So I'm going to try that. And the I blockages too. Like the, yeah, blockages, the blockages. Okay. Important. And people don't want to do that shit. Cause it's not fun. It's not fun to like deal with your trauma around money. Or your trauma around yeah. how well spoken you are, or whatever it is, mm. you know, mm. um, that's the piece that is not so fun. But you instantly feel a shift every time you do that type of work. Yeah, um, I have my clients have um, because it's instantaneous. Like you've been living with those blockages for years, to where when you remove it, you immediately feel the difference because yeah. you know how you've been feeling for years on end. Right. Okay, I have a question about that. Yeah. Um, is there a su such thing as just ruminating in the past? Like maybe you don't have the right tools or something, or maybe you do, I don't know. But it's like spending a lot of time in the past does suck. So is it like, I don't know. Is it like you should, you should find someone to help you navigate it or cause I just, I, I've done a lot of shadow work within the last few weeks with this course that I've been doing and I'm grateful for it, but I'm also like, but how long do I have to live here for? Like, is this counterproductive? For sure. Yeah. And that's one thing I encounter with my clients. We hit a point of doing trauma work and her child shadow work where I'm like, okay, we've done enough heavy, deep, mm -hmm. dark stuff and removed enough of that, that it's time to move on. Cause it's mm -hmm. also so easy once you're in that space to just wallow in it because mm -hmm. you're there 
and it's now familiar. It's not like a scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people feel that shift, like I said, instantly, mm-hmm. and they feel that lightness instantly as soon as they do like one shadow work meditation or something. Um, but for other people, it's totally different. So there is such a thing as wallowing. Um, and so just, you know, doing it with intentionality for Mm. sure. Um, and in terms of like dwelling on the past, um, you know, you can't just spiritually bypass your human. I see a lot of people in the like starseed woo-woo spiritual community just spiritually bypassing their human and neglecting Mm. their human stories and trauma and I'm Mm. like you incarnated here in this human body for a reason Mm. to learn these lessons of being a human like you can't be like I'm just a Pleiadian starseed like that's all that matters and it's like yes but you can't ascend Mm. to 5d like everyone wants without dealing with the 3D reality you're currently in, right. you know, your money, your inner child trauma, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you can try, but it's not going to be as spiritually successful as you would want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you, you can't even look at it like chakra wise. Like you got to start with the bottom chakras, which are very human, very primal energy centers to mm-hmm. move up to the lighter, fluffier, spiritual centers of your chakras so I think that is a really good point though like we are human in a 3d world we have physical bodies yeah and that's a fact that the spirituality community doesn't dwell on that's for sure no like kind of ignore it and like (laughs) that's okay because you know this stuff is new to us and we're like hey there's more outside of this 3d world um But like we are, yeah, yeah, both, yeah, exactly, both, hundred percent. The human and the spirit, yeah, can't have one without the other. It's like dark and the light, yeah, can't have one without the other. No mud, no lotus. Right, right. Well, and like you're saying, it's. I think the reason the spirituality stuff has kind of been in hyperdrive is because, like we're saying, action oriented is sort of that masculine energy, and we've been living in only action for a very long time and it's like oh did you know that there's an energy portion too and so then everyone jumps to that side of the boat and it's like okay yes but like let's meld the two you know like let's let's work together with this in the human body to take inspired action that makes the world a better place so yeah I think it's it's because the the scales have been tipped so far one way it's like the spiritual community is like oh my god back this way back this way it's like okay yes but you know let's let's make sure the boat doesn't capsize um finding that balance yeah you know like you can't spiritually bypass stuff yeah Um, you need both yeah it's the that money the money stuff's interesting eh that's what's been hanging me up i think with the with the car because i had momentum last week and then something slowed me down and <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I feel like I was so close, you know, again, this is a story for our next podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 what's exciting about it is that when you do finally release that block or when you do finally get that manifestation, it's the most rewarding thing. Cause you're like, I did it. You know, like I, 
I was able to let this in to my life and not, but, and only with the work associated with that, mm-hmm. you know, like the plurk associated with that. Um, yeah. You know, like it's, it's a very rewarding thing once it does finally manifest into your life. But it, like you're saying, it does require that awareness um, and that shadow work. It does. And it's funny because I reached one of my like personal financial goals um, and investment goals a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And I've been working towards it for like a month or something like that, maybe two months. And uh, it was pretty fast. And when I got there, I was so surprised. I thought I would be like so joyful and like just out of this world, like ecstatic. And I was very neutral. Like I was like, huh, this is so interesting. Yeah. Because I was already happy with where yes. I was, yes. you know? Um, so, I mean, and that's like a perfect example of the fact that you can't fill voids you know like if I wasn't happy prior to manifesting that I wouldn't have been any happier with like my problems would still be there right um but it was just shocking because um I'm trying to make sure I say the right person David Hawkins okay I get him and Richard Dawkins confused okay that's fair um okay what did I say David Hawkins David Hawkins. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So my partner is obsessed with him. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him. Have you? No, I haven't. No. Okay. What he is, um, is very much into frequency and energy and this um, in the quantum realm. So different tiers of energy and vibrations of frequencies that we can measure. So for instance, like shame, anger, those types of emotions are at like one to 200 hertz and then you get up to 500 that's like love and then up to a thousand is just like you can't even be incarnated in a human body <laughs> that high up. Um, I forgot my original point oh, my oh no where are you going with that we can help we were talking about um how you I think this is what you were talking oh about. yes not feeling as much neutrality neutrality yeah, yeah. Yeah, so neutrality is like, I think at like around 400 versus 500 is like pure unconditional love. Mm. And so it was just so interesting to see my reaction to that as yeah. neutral. You well, know? You, you already became that person. Yeah, so, so it happened, wasn't like surprising. Right, you're like, that's right, because this is who I am. Like you've already, you already got to that level of vibration. Yeah. Yeah. That's happened to me before too. It happened to me today. Oh, let's hear your story. I I took the before and after photos of the living room. Yes. And so, I mean, I I don't know, like I am like on my period right now. So I I don't know if I'm like, I'm very low in energy. Like I'm not, I'm not like, you know, vibe and high. I'm not, you know, like if I was ovulating, I'd be like, more energized (laughs) um but anyways I don't know if I should be blaming it on that but um I took so we finished our uh renovating our living room as of like yesterday um so I took the after photos and I compared them between the before and after and like it's It's nuts crazy like the the after is crazy but I was even for the purposes of 
like this podcast and our manifestation journey for everything, I was, I was paying attention to the feeling of looking at the after Mm. and noticing this very calm, neutral. It's not how you thought it would be. Yeah. Like not this, like this big, big, big deal. Um, I think I have been watching this, this room transition over time. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, you know, I think these, these TV shows that show like befores and afters, you're going to usually get a big reaction because it's such a jarring experience for the person, right. To have someone wiggle their nose and the space is transformed. Um, So maybe that has something to do with it too, but I can just like agree with you on that, that neutral feeling I have experienced that in the past when something mm-hmm. happens, something big too, can something happen. big happens. And I feel really neutral about it. And it's so weird. You're like this in my is, dreams, this went differently. <laughs> yeah. Like, is it, is it weird? Is it wrong that I, do I not deserve this anymore? Because I'm not jazzed about it as much as I thought I'd be, yeah. but really it's just that you've embodied the person who has it. So like for you in your car, you having your car is really not a big deal at all. No, it's not. And you know what's funny about that? This is actually a really good point. This is like gonna taper in and out of the story a little bit. That's gonna happen later, but whatever. Um, I was sitting in the car and I was thinking, this is my car. Like I wasn't freaking out really about it. I mean, I did get emotional at one point because I was like, oh my God, I've been dreaming about this for like a long time. But then I was like walking around it and I was just like, yeah there it is. That's my car. But it wasn't until I got home and I was like away from the car that I was like, oh no, I'm not sure if I can manifest this. And then my doubt started to like creep Mm -hmm. in. And then since then it's been like no movement on it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like, I know that feeling because then I was feeling guilty about not being jazzed. Right. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, is this even the right car? Yeah. You're not going to be jazzed if it is your car already. And that's a good point too. Something to think about is when manifesting is your connection to source or whoever, whatever you believe is delivering that to you, the universe, mm-hmm. um, because there's a certain level of surrender. Like I can want this, like say I wanted my dream partner, which I got. Um, it's, I've had a vision of the qualities and how I wanted to feel Mm-hmm. But I let go of what it actually, who he was going to like, what he's going to look like. Right. Um, his like physical features. And I manifested him, but it takes a certain level of surrender to the, to the divine mm-hmm. as to how that's going to happen. Right. You know, like how it's going to unfold. It may be totally different than what you expect. And so letting go of expectations, letting go of judgment mm-hmm. and just surrendering to the process and the timing specifically Mm. because you know the timeline might be totally different and you might have some lessons to learn along the way that you like cannot skip so (laughs) I found that to be true in certain situations and and manifestations so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think that the universe takes care of the how and the when Mm -hmm. and it's just like your why Mm -hmm. your what and why Mm -hmm. that you focus it on focus on or Mm -hmm. that you you know that you love to be with like your what and why is what you love to be with it's not like you focus on it because you want it it's like you focus on it because it like literally makes you feel so good to focus on it like I remember um so 
I'm di- I feel like we're digressing a little bit, but maybe not. Anyways, <laughs> um, my wedding venue was like a fairy tale and I planned everything to the T. And um, I remember the summer before we were getting married in October, the summer before I'd go for runs like in the evening. And I would imagine walking down the aisle because it would make me feel good. Like I would, I would practice that thought because it made me feel good. And, and I would to do be it. Fair, you'd never been to the venue. That's no, like an important. That's true. Part of never, the story. Yes. You'd never seen it in person. Never saw it was in France. I didn't know. Like, I didn't know how it was actually how the day and how everything was actually going to play it. I had no idea how it was all going to physically happen. Um, So I would imagine myself like stepping out, walking down the aisle, and I would do this purely for the joy of feeling and thinking and imagining it. Mm. That's it. It wasn't because I wanted it like on some level. Yeah. But it was more of just like, I love the feeling of me walking down this beautiful aisle. And then the actual day happened. It was exactly how I imagined it. Like I, it could not have been more precise. Like it was my brother who has no concept of any of the imagining that I had been doing. He said to me after, um, you know, at the wedding, after I walked down the aisle, he's like, you know, the music was like perfectly timed. Like the, you walked up to the, you walked up to him and the music just, it faded away I'm I'm like the way you stepped out he like my brother who's I never listened to a podcast you know what I mean like not into this it's like everything you it was perfect I was like I manifested that you meant what's interesting about it is you didn't Sam didn't know the distance from where she would step out it was like a like a path and there was like the door of the house and then the altar and I didn't even know where the altar was going to be right she didn't know where the altar was going to be she didn't know the timing like she listened she knew the song she's going to walk down the aisle to and she thought of the moment that she'd step out but it was coincidence I'm using quotations here that the moment where she wanted to step out in the song and where the song ended (laughs) was the perfect distance in the song like that's it was so cool it was just such a it was a really great example for me for manifesting something and it being like every detail has been taken care of and the reason why it worked that way was because you genuinely loved thinking about it like you just loved thinking Mm. about the car Mm. you loved thinking about the money in your bank account you just loved it you just wanted to hang out with that like it just felt so good Mm -hmm. to do that and that's why you did it you didn't do it because you're like I really need to manifest this I really just need to manifest this you know it wasn't like there's like weird energy behind it it's important and it's a distinction that I think people have a difficult time making because they do that all the time because they come from like a space of scarcity and lack right mm-hmm. like this I don't have this right and I want this and I or I need it mm. and I like to look at like money or manifestation as like a lover like are you mm-hmm. needy like you're dating money you're dating your car or whatever like it's like please please I need you so bad 
please text me back please call oh, me oh like, no what do you say it's crazy and so of course like they're gonna be avoidant like no bye so it's the same thing <laughs> and like manifestation and things oh so true so are you meeting with your card maybe probably <laughs> i know that i'm like i'm not trusting with money yeah like money leaves and i'm like so look at you leaving again when are you coming back like i'm like <laughs> i'm just not trusting in that way but i'm getting better oh, i'm getting I'm better I've, I've been working you. on that relationship and like learning to trust there's no reason for me not to mm-hmm. honestly it's been there for me just I like more of it so I'm wow. I'm working on that and I'm I'm recognizing the thoughts and like it just takes time you know when you're building new beliefs it just takes time it's not something that happens overnight but if you just chisel at it slowly but surely you'll get there mm-hmm. um because yeah. you're rewiring your subconscious essentially yeah. and, and like, like thought patterns your your brain Pathway. yeah <laughs> yeah and that's why like my shadow work course online it's like their meditations and journaling but the meditations mm-hmm. are infused with hypnotherapy mm-hmm. because it's really hard to hit that brainwave state to yeah. get and like, infiltrate into your subconscious yeah. um and so it's like deep undoing of like mm-hmm. years of belief systems and pattern padding patterns <laughs> um, but <laughs> with money, what's helped mm-hmm. me in that situation that you're speaking of, like anxiety, is shifting my entire belief system. Again, like acting mm-hmm. as if this is the reality because it is. Right. Because you create your own reality. Right. Like the biology of belief is totally a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like scientifically proven now, like placebo effect, all of that. Yeah. But whenever I swipe my credit card or I buy something, say it's like $300. As soon as I pay for that, I'm like, this money is already on its way back to my bank account. Right. It's Mm. on its way back to me immediately. And it does like within a couple of days or so, it's back there, that exact amount. So you are what you believe. I like that one. Yeah. (laughs) That's a fun one. Yeah. (laughs) Pro tip. Another hack, another, another, hack. another code, code, a code, a code hack. <laughs> another code. Yeah. Um, one thing that I do want to sort of highlight and pay tribute to <clears throat> in terms of your work is you posted something we didn't share, it, but we probably should have. You posted something and you do this often in um, talking about changing the language around masculinity as well. Mm-hmm. So like our last podcast was all about divine femininity and you know sacred sex and that kind of thing but I love shifting this conversation to instead of saying because our culture is filled with telling men what not to do yeah and your feed is all about giving men suggestions on what to do and it's so refreshing yeah to be like this is the type of man that women are looking for. Cause there's so much like, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't be well, not like, nice. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you know, patriarchy. Yeah. Like if you're a man, you'd be like, well, I guess I'm just uh, like screwed. Yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> like, for being a man. <laughs> She's rubbing her hands together. Victoria, why are you rubbing your hands together? <laughs> Cause I'm so stoked to talk about this. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes. 
Okay. I've made this shift recently to talking more about men and yes. masculinity on my page. And the response has been insane. Mm. Like the first time I really dove deep into it was last month. And that post went viral um, mm. by my standards, you know, and yeah. my amount of followers and all that. Right. Um, and it was basically just speaking about what it's like to be with a sovereign man. Yes. Especially sexually. Yeah. Um, and I saw just by the response, this craving, this like such mm -hmm. a deep desire by all these feminine women wanting this, wanting what you, you know, what we have essentially. Yeah. And um, I've really shifted the past week after this last womb cave period of mine where I got all those codes <laughs> from the line. <laughs> and um, God was like, you need to start talking about men. You need to call out these man children. You need to call out <laughs> women. Yeah, seriously. You need to call out the women who are tolerating these man children. Like, yes. We're done. And I talk a lot, I've talked recently a lot about how we've grown up in a primarily like fatherless society. Um, particularly here in America and over the past 50 or so years, particularly, um, and how the divine masculine is just like not present. There's like no examples mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so you see these men who haven't been fathered correctly. They haven't been taught discipline. They haven't been taught follow through, honoring your word, integrity, mm -hmm. um, boundaries, um all these things that are the masculine and all of us so particularly right. men who identify as men like and you see the results of that in these toxic relationships um and so I even just posted something today I was like I've gotten so many messages from women being like what do you do if your boyfriend like won't stop liking sexy pictures of other women or sexting other women I'm like what why is this even a question leave his <laughs> ass. like why would you not leave his ass especially yeah. if it's been a problem and you don't see change and also this lack of worthiness and self-love and codependency and self-neglect that women have been conditioned to embody um right. but yeah there I've, I've really shifted the narrative towards the masculine and shifting from this like angry feminist which i right. used to yeah, be yeah. perspective of like don't do this men are evil just right. demonizing men and masculinity yes. yes to here's what we want here's what works <laughs> this has been shown to work for the past thousands of years right. <laughs> um gender roles are a thing for a reason you right. know they can be toxic and extreme obviously right but um we are predisposed based on our genders towards certain behaviors and we like certain things mm -hmm. and that is just human it's just right. based on our sex so um i even wrote a post about that calling out feminists yeah <laughs> because there's been such a demonization of being a man yeah where we have these feminized men and we don't they can't protect nobody they can't right. <laughs> like they can't take action on their dreams they can't mm. like provide for their families they just like they're just beaten down mm. and that's why there's I love this slow rekindling of this divine masculine these father figures in this spiritual mm. wellness self-development world like Tony Robbins Tony Robbins um Elliot Hulse um mm. Tim Morrison's a great one um, just showing these examples and like 
there's a reason that women love um, Carl Drogo on Game of Thrones. Yes. They love that primal, dark, masculine warrior archetype. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's for a reason, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I love this. Yeah. Because it's very, it does come from like a archaic biological thing, you know? Like I remember doing this gender studies class and it was basically like, genders a societal construct right and I'm like yeah but like cavemen are hot (laughs) you know what I mean like my biological needs right they don't for me supersede right they just they don't I don't think that society told me this like I think that I just know this is you're a free thinker you're a free thinker bless (laughs) yourself Like, I think that I just, you know, like my body knows this, like my body responds this way. Like, I don't think anybody taught me this. Yeah, Yeah, but cavemen are hot. (laughs) And that's why like women love and, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey and like BDSM and all of that sexually. It's because we want to be dominated. Mm. Like we want someone to lead us, Mm. you know, it doesn't have to be as extreme as BDSM and like abusive relationship and stuff like that but just wanting to be led mm-hmm. wanting to be held. protected yeah. surrender yeah mm-hmm. being surrendered and held and trusting that that man can hold you because right, he's yeah. strong enough he's grounded enough he's present enough um and yeah that me and my partner literally reference caveman neolithic man all the time in our relationship <laughs> Because it's like, oh, that was your inner caveman. That was your inner cave woman. Because our brains have not changed at right. all since right. we made that jump to Homo sapien from Neanderthal. Not at all, pretty much. And um, those patterns and those uh, preferences have not changed either. Mm-hmm. Like when shit hits the fan, you mm-hmm. want a man who can protect you right. and literally fight for you so you can survive right like it's well and they know that like they want to yeah protect and provide and like anytime there's any sort of like for an example modern day saber-toothed tiger is like financial instability like I find my my husband will take that stress very seriously like he's like this is my job to provide for my family whether he knows that or not like he's the one that feels the biggest burden of of that because he feels like it's his job to be the provider and it's like, you know, we're in this as a team, da, da, da. But it's like, no, that's a biological response that he's having to take it's care of. It's the caveman in him. Because <laughs> he, I mean, if you look at, even when we made the jump to hunter-gatherers, like, we would gather as women. We would go forage, gather. The men would go out and hunt. They would have to be silent. They have to be physically agile. They have to be patient. That's why they are so good at those things in general. That's why they like sports because it's like very similar to hunting and that it's not very vocal. It's just like pure physical action. But my point is like the hunting is like if you would bring home a kill, if you could provide that caloric nourishment for your family, modern day hunting is money. Right. It has not changed. Like it's, it's, it's essentially the same thing. And so when you see these men who can't provide for their families, that is such a hit on their masculinity and their sense of 
manhood right. and it's so um emasculating right mm -hmm. um right. so yeah that was definitely his inner caveman being like i gotta take care of this. and i'm the same way we're the same way yeah in, in yeah. our relationship have you heard about the analogy of um glass and water for masculine and feminine yeah yeah isn't that as funny? i drink from i know, I know. As she picked up like Victoria literally picked up her glass first that went and said that. That was awesome. Um, so I heard it from uh, Gina Didi. I don't know if you've read her book, uh, The Audacity to Be Queen. It's really cool. I don't think so. No. Sounds um, right up my alley. Yeah. It's really cool. It's like, um, she talks a lot about masculine feminine energy. Um, but she says that the masculine energy is the glass and then the water is the feminine energy so like the glass being this supportive physical um structure to support the life-giving invisible energy that water slash feminine energy can provide so like you can't have one without the other both are essential in giving um, life life yeah. and um yeah that's such a like like, li like literally literally <laughs> um yeah so yeah I don't know if that was like a way to tie that to go to your next topic I don't know well or maybe not for sure <laughs> your next topic, just one thing I was going to say is I know you have you know these these courses and clients and stuff but I was just thinking a course on the divine masculine mm -hmm. for men would for be women. something and for women yeah but I just mean I just feel like men are like you can't sit with us I know you know that's and that's kind of mean like uh, don't yeah. get me wrong women need and that's why when they have these like those those men I mentioned who are leading other yeah. men why it's so important because and that's why you know I don't knock on the military because I'm like it's men mostly men pretty much leading men and teaching them masculine qualities like discipline follow through mm -hmm. physical strength like all these things um but there are books to read too mm -hmm. um I just posted one yesterday in my stories. Hard times create strong men. Mm. It's great. I've overheard my partner listening to an audiobook and I was like, damn, that is so good. <laughs> um, and also my personal favorite, The Way of the Superior Man mm. by David Data. He's like the king of masculine and feminine polarity. He's my teacher. Um, John Wineland talks a lot about those energies, but um men are seeking that either they're seeking the father figure or the mother nurturing mm -hmm. um which again fosters these man children either way whatever they're seeking right, those yeah. needs that weren't met in childhood for them right. um yeah. but you know i don't know my work just like isn't with men like <laughs> but i always recommend like books when people ask me about you know stuff yeah. for men. i'm like just read this book um yeah King Magician Warrior Lover is a great book as well. Mm -hmm. uh, it teaches about the masculine Jungian archetypes in men. Um, super amazing. Iron John, again, with the masculine archetypes that go way back, like we were talking about. Yeah. Um, they're universal. That's a great one, too. Yeah. So, like, these resources are out there, but I just, it's so rare that you see boys in this community and like rightfully so I mean again women are trying to get their to claim their power back that's been in a culture in a society where it's just been taken away and so it is 
time for women to, you know, the future is female, like for women to step up and own their power, but and and in that work, empower men as well in a healthy, you know, divine way, not shove them out of the way and be like, we got this. It's like, no, like let's bring everybody back to balance, right? Like that's that's the key thing. Wow. What yeah, I it's our power, but not at the expense of men's that's power. Right. And that's the problem I have with feminism, mainstream feminism. Right. And that's um, why I left like the feminist community. Like I was a mm-hmm. hardcore gender studies minor in college. Um, just drank that Kool-Aid right up. Cause I was, <laughs> I've always been a strong, powerful woman and very masculine dominant energy my whole life until the past couple of years embracing my feminine. So, and then learning to the history, like where this shift happened, because we used to dwell in matrilineal societies prior to Judaism, Christianity taking over, um, and Indo-European warrior cultures taking over. There were these matrilineal societies, um, definitely BC, I'm talking, Mm. um, timeline-wise, to where women inherited through the mother line and they took their mother's last name everyone Mm. did Um, women owned property women um, had huge professional roles in those ancient cities and and worlds so um, but then this patriarchal society took over but even when it was matrilineal it wasn't at the expense of men like men were just the same but they honored the fact that we come from women we come from wombs we are all women up until a certain week in utero when a certain hormone comes in and gives a penis its form um, and, and testicles. And so they just honored that truth that they knew. But then, you know, patriarchy took over um, and just messed stuff up, you know, and went to extreme end of the pendulum, swing to the pendulum. Right. Um, and that's why we have the problems we do today. But I see this other extreme swing of the pendulum, which is not healthy either, which is this toxic feminism that we've been speaking about um, to where you demonize femininity and you also demonize masculinity. And so it's like, what what is there? What's left? You can't be soft and flowy, but you also can't be like dominant or in your power as a man. Like, so there's this balance that you know, needs to be struck for sure. Um, And this reclamation without this like degradation of men, so. Yes, so important. Um, Which actually kind of brings me to my next topic, what you were talking about with um, Christianity and patriarchy. So it's funny, I received this book today from my mother-in-law. I'm gonna show it to you first. (gasps) Oh my gosh. I know. one of my favorites. So it's called Mary Magdalene Revealed by Megan Watterson. I have her oracle cards, her Mary Magdalene oracle cards. Um, But I would, I'm wondering if you'll speak a bit on her, um, what you know of her and yeah, like what you, what you think about Mary Magdalene's place in history and how maybe we should maybe reframe her in a little bit of a different light. We've brought Mary Magdalene up before in the podcast, but I feel like you've got a whole encyclopedia up in your brain about her. So I'm just, I want to pick your brain a little bit about how you feel about her. Yeah. So I'll preface by saying like, 
I was raised Jehovah's Witness, which is very extreme Christian Christianity. Um, and so I saw that there were no women preaching or giving talks mm. on the stage. And I was like, why is this? As like a super empowered three-year-old, I was like, something's wrong. Like what? I'm told I can do anything. Mm. And yet I obviously can't go to the podium and give a speech to the congregation. Mm. So that was like strike one for me. <laughs> Three years yeah. old. You had yeah. more strikes. Yeah. I was yeah. like, nah. Um, <laughs> it doesn't work with me. But um, there's this, just even if you look at the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, all of it, um, even the Torah in some places, like women are not featured in an empowered way mm. at all. Mm-hmm. And if you look at, the birthing of Christianity, there was the Council of Nicaea where they chose what was involved, what was not gonna be included in the Bible. Um, And shifting from this pagan mother goddess oriented culture to this male God culture and patriarchy as we call it. and they chose to leave out the gospel of Thomas, gospel of Mary Magdalene, missing the third one. I, I forget the third one. Yeah, but there's a third one. You can Google it. Yeah, but those are the two I'm most concerned with is Thomas and Mary Magdalene. And so there's this whole facet of the reverence of the feminine that was left out of the Bible, which has completely shaped Western society and culture, you know, for the past Mm -hmm. 2000 years. So it definitely facilitated this subjugation of women. We weren't represented in any important way. Right. Um, And Mary Magdalene's importance as a disciple, as an apostle was just completely brushed over. She was Mm -hmm. painted as a whore, Mm -hmm. prostitute. She was painted um, as possessed by demons, subservient, all those things. When in reality, she was a disciple. And also there is strong historical evidence um, and archaeological evidence that she was married to Jesus mm. um, and that they had children. Mm. And so when you realize this, to, when I realized this, it helped me heal my relationship with Christianity. Because I was like, mm. this is the Christianity that I didn't have. Mm. And that if I had, who knows? You know, because right. you don't see yourself represented. It's the same right. situation in the Black community. Like, if you don't see yourself represented on TV, like, right. in these different professions. So, um, she was she was a bad bitch. Like, just, <laughs> she was awesome. She was amazing. Um, and um, I have uh, plenty of books to recommend, including that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love Megan Watterson's book because she was trained as a theologian. Mm-hmm. Um, and then shifted to the divine feminine um, mother goddesses um, and goddess worship and also Mary Magdalene because she found out and uncovered this historical evidence of Mary Magdalene being a disciple, uh, having her own huge gospel and also potentially being married to Jesus. Um, and so when you understand these facts, our whole, the whole context for women's existence is just put into perspective Mm -hmm. and it's so incredibly healing. Um, And 
I've actually started watching this show called The Chosen with my partner. You were mentioning that, yeah, in the last part one. Yeah, yeah. And it just blew me away because I saw her represented as mm. a disciple. This is the first time that I know of that she's represented in media as an actual disciple. Um, yeah. And it's just so incredibly healing for the collective. Yeah. So highly recommend that show. Um, but there's also a lot of talk in the spiritual woo-woo channeling world too, um, that she was descended from Isis priestesses. So she had all this like mystical, magical manifestation type of mm -hmm. powers um, that she brought to the situation with Jesus and the disciples um, in her life. And um, I find that to be very true, just personally. Yeah. I feel that is resonant. So um, you can look into that yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Just someone that's obviously wildly underrepresented and somebody that has the power to shift the narrative so drastically um, for women to, like you said, feel represented, but also step into their power, right? Can yeah. No, okay. I mean, I can, but you put your sweater on yeah. okay um well that was wonderful thank you for painting that picture for us obviously I can't speak too much on it because I just got the book but I was like I think it's cool that I got the book today because I'm yeah. like pretty sure Victoria is a huge fan of Mary Magdalene so yes. and can I mention one more thing yes please do I forgot something so at the council of Nicaea like I said they chose to omit those certain gospels mm -hmm. that honestly showed Jesus as a human, as a, a mortal right. man, um, obviously who's married, all of that. Um, but so that catapulted the subjugation of women in the church, but it also was the grounds for all the witch trials um, in the 15th mm -hmm. and 16th centuries, um, painting like any woman who was independent, who was a midwife who was a healer who just loved nature or who didn't go to church didn't want to go to church as a witch um and particularly the women who were empowered mm. who had or were connected to their sexuality mm. um and so again there was this demonization of the feminine of her power mm. and so millions historical records indicate like millions of women were burned at the stake, drowned, tortured. Like if you look into the torture devices they used. Yeah. Um, like I would admit I was a witch too. If I was like, things yeah. were being screwed into my thumbs. Yeah. Um, so there's been this history over the past 2000 years, but that has shifted with this, this new millennium that we're in right now. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been like predicted for the, past decades mm. that this this new age they call it the age of Aquarius versus the age of Pisces yeah. that is coming in is this heralding of this balance between the masculine and feminine of the new earth the 5d whatever you want to call yeah. it yeah. um this rising in consciousness so it's yeah beautiful. yes it, it does help you understand so much more when you understand that history I think too I think um, Lisa Lister discusses it in her book, Witch, yeah. um, where she talks about this history of like, yeah, such a good book, um, yeah. the history of like the witch trials and like 
how we have that sister wound, like women as women, like we don't trust each other because everyone was selling each other out so that they wouldn't get burned at the stake. And they probably did anyway. Like it's just, it's created this, like our DNA is remembering that, right? Like that's part of the trauma that we need to heal with each other and within ourselves, like not trusting ourselves, you know, dismissing our divine energy, like all of that stuff. And it's interesting that it stemmed from Mary Magdalene's significance in Jesus Christ's life. Like it's just <laughs> the it's ultimate insane. conspiracy theory. <laughs> right. And that's why the Da Vinci Code was so revolutionary as a book and as a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I watched and read, when I read the book and watched the movie, I was like, what? Yeah. This is actually being talked about in mainstream media. Yeah. Like I had so much hope for humanity when yeah. I, saw it, I was like, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it gives you context for why things are the way they are, mm. why we have these issues as women. Like yeah. this is ancestral. Um, it's epigenetic at this point. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I also see it in the sister wound, but also in speaking your truth. Yes. Because it's this dangerous. It's witch, yeah, it's that witch wound. Like if you did back then, you would be shunned mm -hmm. or killed or mm -hmm. abused. Mm -hmm. um, and so we still hold that that fear of retribution for speaking an unpopular truth. Yeah. or upsetting people or offending people um and it keeps us in toxic situations so yeah claiming that power and reclaiming our our throat our voice our truth yeah just, I, I would say even just like um not even an unpopular opinion but just being yourself right yeah. like just being yourself like creatively or however you want to show up you don't because people will find out who you are, mm. find out and actually see you for who you are and then condemn you mm. somehow, right? Like we don't know how it would happen, but there's that fear of being seen mm. that I think is the witch wound, right? Mm. Part of it anyways. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. if you were, I mean, like we had to go underground as witches, AKA herbalists, midwives, like, um, and so we had to hide, like physically right. hide our gifts, hide our magic, um, hide ourselves mm. and like whisper. Mm. And you even see that like with like our periods and tampons, like whispering, like yeah. tampon and you like have this covert spy <laughs> operation to like yeah. give you a tampon in high school or That's middle so school. True. Yeah. And women do like, that now, like. And yeah, you know what I mean? Like, or on the soccer field or something. I mean, pre COVID, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's that hiding. And mm -hmm. my whole opinion on it, and I speak about this a lot in my posts, like, for me, historically, because I'm very historically minded. Um, I'm a nerd like that. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, millions, literally millions of women did not die for me mm -hmm. to keep playing small and keep mm. doing the same stuff that my ancestors have done, mm. the women before me have done. Like they survived so I could thrive. Right. Um, and it's the right time and place. Like we incarnated at this particular time in history mm. with all these gifts, with all these resources Yes. Um, for a reason, like yes. to use them, not to yes. squander them. Yeah, um, if you just look at your grandmas and their quality of life and they're like, power um it just it's 
it's crazy. So oh, we're shifting it. We are shifting yeah. that energy. Yes. <laughs> Happy to do it. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. There's, there's two more things that I want to talk about. Uh, the one yeah. thing is actually kind of a segue for Mary Magdalene. So on Mother's Day, right, this past Sunday, um, I was given the gift of like a day to myself, which was really nice. I, like, I want to do as little as possible. I don't want to do anything. So, um, and it was pretty true to form. Like I, I, you know, I played with the babies a little bit, but for the most part, I was just quiet and on my own. And so I pulled cards from the Mary Magdalene deck and I was sitting there and sort of asking for the wisdom of the ancestors of the women in my life um, and like pulling them, pulling the generations sort of towards me um, for support and guidance. And so I pulled three cards and then a fourth one fell out. So the three cards that I pulled were um, Mary of Nazareth, Mary Magdalene, which I was like, both Mary's like freaking jackpot. That's sweet. Um, and then I pulled um, Marguerite. I'm not going to say her last name right. She's a French um, saint um, or woman. I don't know if I'm saying she might not be a saint. I'm not sure. But anyway, so what was interesting, but and then the fourth one I pulled was Bridget and she's an Irish uh, divine woman. Yeah, I'm sure you know who it is. So, but what was interesting about that is the woman who owned the house before us that um, was Mason's great aunt, her name's Margaret and Mason's grandmother who spent some time in this house, but doesn't have the best relationship with the family in this house. Her name's Bridget. Wow. So literally the two names of women that are like, they're still, they're both still present but I'm like, that's really interesting. And then the guidance of the two Marys, I was like, this is like pretty next level shit. Um, so I was like really feeling into that, like really feeling divinely supported by all of that. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you're going to like this part of the story. I'm like, I have to tell, I have to tell her this. So I, after we spoke, I ordered a Yoni wand and a Yoni egg. Yay! Yes, because I'm like, it's time to move into this like new space, right? So and proud so of you. It's such a different, totally different experience. For sure. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be working on this because <laughs> it's like not at all the same. Like for me, it was very being. I didn't use the egg at the time because I'm, you know, I have different plans for that. But I, I used the yoni wand, um, and it's like the rose quartz right? Like the, it's it's a really nice crystal. It's beautiful. And I like kind of spent more money than I probably like, I was in the headspace definitely to get it at the time. I totally lined up with it, but I feel like my former self would be like, pardon me, you you spent that money on what? You found a crystal dildo. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Totally worth it. That's some queen energy. That's some queen energy. That's queen energy. Exactly. I'm like, no, I am investing in this. Like, this is like, this is going to change the energy. We were talking about this on the last episode, right? Like this is going to shift my life force energy. Like it's really important stuff. So I invested anyway. Um, so yeah, the experience was very different. And I honestly felt like I was starting kind of from square one. Like I'm starting from scratch because the sensations are like, everything is just so different. Um, and it required much more from me personally. And like, 
even physically, like it required all of me, right? Because with a vibrator, you just rely on the tool. Whereas this is like, no, no, like this is you with you, right? Like it's, it's so much more personal, if that makes sense. Anyway, so I just thought you would like to hear that. <laughs> See, yeah. I didn't tell Sam that story, so. <laughs> yeah, it's much more intentional. Yes. Um, when you use a wand than a vibrator. Yeah. Um, you're, you start to develop more sensitivity too when you don't use vibrators, like I mentioned on the last episode. But it's so incredibly healing because you have to be very mindful. You have mm. to be very intentional mm-hmm. and it's all on you. Like mm-hmm. you control your pleasure, you right. control your reality, which right. is this, it's the, it, which is the situation when you're actually having sex, like only, you know, what you like, right. only, you know, what's pleasurable. Only you can communicate that to your partner and tell mm-hmm. him what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same goes for a Yoni wand. Um, and yoni eggs are great because they start to awaken that area. Um, they start to awaken the pelvic floor, bring blood flow down there. Mm. Um, because you're potentially like undoing generations, like epigenetically of stagnancy Mm. in that area from woman to woman, to woman, to woman. So you're like reawakening it with that yoni egg and flexing those muscles. (laughs) And those are the muscles you use to orgasm. Like, right. it's so cool. Like your, your vaginal muscles will contract and like squeeze the wand or the penis. Mm. Um, so when you're orgasming, you're like squeezing, which in turn makes your partner mm. orgasm. So Did it's like this symbiotic relationship. I just never thought about it. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So when you come they come to it's a win-win situation (laughs) (laughs) like everything just flows better when the woman comes first literally 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 physically biologically write that down folks yes and I found that so interesting your your experience with your card pull and that was just before yeah yeah on such an auspicious mother's day um reconnecting with your female ancestors you know it's so important and Bridget is a saint now in the catholic church but she was a celtic goddess of fire Mm -hmm. alchemy um and she's the goddess of Imbolc which is this um celtic it's a celtic new year essentially it's also the astrological new year Mm -hmm. where the sun starts coming back into the picture it's the beginning of february and it's this heralding of spring, heralding mm. of summer, of fire, the fire season. Mm. Um, and so Bridget's just one of my favorite goddesses. And I'm yeah. really into my Celtic and Scottish roots. So she's a huge deal. But <laughs> Mary's just so auspicious. Like I know. I felt very special. <laughs> um, but it also, I mean, it, it's a huge testament too, because the house that we live in, was not geared to pleasure. Like I shouldn't say that as a blanket statement, because I'm sure there was a lot of love and pleasure in this house, mm-hmm. but it wasn't geared that way. Like the house physically was designed with like a galley kitchen in the center of the house where the lady of the house would cook for the men who were out working in the barn. 
and then they'd come back and then they'd the dining area was at the front of the house where like they would only eat their meals you know for portions of the day and then the living space to relax was more inward so we live on the water so the water wasn't celebrated it was more for utility for um the animals to get hydrated in that but it wasn't for pleasure it wasn't for leisure mm-hmm. and so you know sort of being the first generation of women living in this house that that's all we're seeking yeah. all we're seeking is leisure and pleasure mm-hmm. um so to be kind of supported and surrounded by these these divine goddess women on mother's day right like and then using my yoni wand like it was so big it was just bigger than me yeah. <laughs> it's so funny how that kind of experience can be that way if you practice it with intention right yep and you know it's in my opinion my observation from what you've told me in your experience it all stems from that initial connection to something bigger than you, your card pull, your connection to right. these goddesses, these divine feminine mm. um, deities, whatever. And for me, if I don't connect with source mm. first thing in the morning, if I don't meditate, if I don't do my Mary Magdalene, like reading my like version mm. of the Bible, mm. like my whole day is just different. Right. And not necessarily in a good way. You know, it's, it's an okay day. It's a good day, but it's not an orgasmic. It's not a blissful. It's not mm-hmm. a present mindful day. Um, mm-hmm. Because I haven't anchored into that truth, that mm-hmm. love, which is that source energy. Yeah, exactly. Well, the intention, right? Mm-hmm. Like the intention of being aware and present of that energy in your life throughout the day. <laughs> Like technically, I mean, again, it goes back into the the themes that we've been talking about with masculine and feminine. Like you need that energy in order to perform your tasks in your day mm-hmm. in order to make the most of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so there's one more thing I want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like super lighthearted and fun and it has to do with your sweater. Well, um, we were talking about witches. Yes, you're right. We were just talking about witches. So right, you're right, that's the segue. We want to talk about Harry Potter with you. Just because it's so fun and you like mentioned it in the last episode and I'm like, I want to hear more about her thoughts on Harry Potter because we think Harry Potter is super profound and like there's so many lovely little tidbits in it and how the world is made up of magic and like we did talk about this again on the last episode, but I want to just hear more of your thoughts on it like. Yeah, I just want you to talk about it. I love how Sam's leaning in, wearing her raven claws. She's wearing her raven claws. I know. She's like here for it. This is like the most comfy sweater that's actually mine because mm-hmm. all of my comfy sweaters are actually my husband's. Yeah. <laughs> like I just steal his sweaters, but like this one is actually mine. Yeah. And you're a witch. And I'm a witch. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, it's so funny. I was just looking at a Harry Potter sweatshirt the other day to buy it. And it's an herbology sweatshirt. It oh, has like um that's so cool. It has Grindy Lowe's on it. It has um I'm blanking on the name of the plant in Chamber of Secrets. They pull yep. out yep. screen. Mandrake. Mandrake, yeah. yeah. Mandrake group. Yeah. yeah. Um so anyways it's just so funny I'm definitely gonna buy it now (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's a sign you have to get it now yeah um yeah it's so funny I was also watching a Jordan Peterson interview last night who me and my partner love him if you haven't read his books 
he's also a great masculine leader that mm. every man should read mm. um but he was speaking about his thoughts on harry potter i was like yes finally i'm not alone <laughs> in seeing the profundity that is yes. the world of harry potter yeah so i just reread the books for the 30th time or something whatever mm. um especially the seventh book over the past couple of weeks and it just struck me like first of all that she jk rowling was even able to conjure up mm. this whole new world yeah but it's also not new because all of her spells a lot of the words she uses are rooted in latin words that mean that which she's trying to conjure up in the spell so like right. leviosa the root is levitate right fly right. lift right. so um just the fact that she has that type of imagination that she wrote oh. it when she was like a single mom with like on welfare like four. I know I know and it's like, just, that's magic that's real life muggle magic right there that's manifestation <laughs> yeah yeah and she I mean and it's it's such a healing book too and it got everyone in the mainstream to start reading more it got little kids yes. to read more um and so it just had this huge cultural shift that I don't feel like gets enough credit. Um, yeah. And the fact that people are trying to like police her languaging right now and like cancel her and mm -hmm. I just hate cancel culture. Yeah. But I'm like, do you know who you're messing with? This is JK Rowling. <laughs> like what? <laughs> the ultimate divine channeler. Like she yes. literally created a whole world for us to yeah. live in. And yes. about. oh my God. Yes. But there's just, there's a lot of illusions and like allegory of the Bible too in Harry Potter and like Harry Potter being Jesus because spoiler alert, like if you look at the seventh book, he has to die. Right. He has to, he intentionally oh chooses to die. Oh my God, my mind's blown right now. You're welcome. <laughs> What? Like, does that make Hermione yeah. Mary Magdalene? Because I'm, I'm here for it. I don't know. <laughs> she does have power. She's very smart. She, she would not have survived. Maybe Ginny. As long as, maybe. I yeah. mean, she, he wouldn't have survived as long as he did without Hermione's yeah. help and knowledge and wisdom mm. um, of the mystical world that they live in. You know. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, he knew he was gonna die. And he chose to do it to sacrifice for everyone in the wizarding world. And um, there's a lot of um, allegory towards Dumbledore being God mm. and, you know, guiding Harry, mm. prepping him for the big event. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there's so much to it. Like <laughs> you can have a whole course. I had a whole course in college on Jane Austen. Uh, where we just studied just all of her works in depth. I feel like the same thing could be said for Harry Potter. Yeah, honestly. totally. Like, there has to be a course somewhere. I think there is. There must be. Yeah, there's got to be because it's so in depth, profound. Like one of the ones that is like goes around in my head often. And you, I think you were the one that brought this up not too long ago. But when it's in the last book, maybe it's the seventh. No, it'd be the last. Is that the seventh? The last book mm -hmm. where Dumbledore says to Harry after he's transitioned and Harry's like is this oh, happening yeah. or is this all in my head he's like of course it's in your head Harry but like why does that why does that make it any less real right is this real or is this happening in my head of course it's happening in your head but why does it make it any less real and I'm like like that alone is just 
Oh my God. <laughs> Dumbledore just dropped those truth bombs all constantly. Yeah. I know, but how does that come from one person? This has turned into a JK Rowling like <laughs> fan club. Oh my God. I just because, like yeah. Dumbledore, like again, like I totally agree with that illusion of him being God, like in source mm. or just like divine um, masculine. Yeah, that guidance and that information, that wisdom, that knowledge mm. um, that he just has, but also through his life experiences that they get into in the seventh book. Like you understand why Dumbledore is the way he is and mm. why he's so um, elevated over the rest of the wizarding world, why he's achieved this whole other level of consciousness, you know, <laughs> and like he's in a whole other dimension. Um, but There's so much, especially particularly in the seventh book, um, the whole idea of even within the wizarding world in the seventh book, there being this complete split of realities. Um, and also in the fifth and sixth books, like Harry knows that Voldemort is back. He knows that there is evil that has been reconjured mm. and that everyone's just okay living in this illusion and this fairy tale and in right. denial that there is darkness that needs to be uprooted and needs to be dealt with mm -hmm. and he's okay just taking all the shit from people being a martyr being like no this is my truth I saw this happen mm -hmm. Voldemort's back mm -hmm. um and for me I see that echoed in the world we are in right now mm -hmm. like there's I don't want to go down any rabbit holes, but <laughs> <laughs> even when I, you know, I talked about 3D, 5D, all of that. Yeah. I've created this 5D bubble for myself, mm -hmm. my home and my perception of reality. Mm -hmm. And I reside in that space. I reside in the 5D. I choose to be in that space. I do certain things to stay in that space. Mm -hmm. And when I go out grocery shopping, it's a whole different world. Mm -hmm. It's like, I live in just pure love and truth mm. and that is my whole goal and I go out into the world and I see I can be standing right next to someone who's just living purely out of fear mm. their whole operating system mm. is from that fear-based perspective from those lower vibrational states that I mentioned like 100 300 hertz mm. and it's the same thing in Harry Potter right. like he's within the wizarding world and he's in 5d he's in that truth like I am light, I am love, but also there's Voldemort trying to kill everybody. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. Yeah. And everyone else is just in the 3D illusionary distorted mm -hmm. reality that no, Voldemort's not back. There's no darkness. Right. We've conquered the darkness. Right. Um, but I see that even now with COVID and everything else that goes along with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's so much to it very deep stuff mm -hmm. i know thank you for coming to our harry potter ted talk <laughs> <laughs> uh, well this has been so much fun oh man like i i just so appreciate these conversations because like you say like if it, it, this world of this awareness can feel so underground because like you go to the grocery store yeah and you realize that people aren't at home talking about Mary Magdalene and 5D, you know, like yeah. it's not part of the conversations happening in the collective. But when you do find someone or, you know, more people that are like, yes, it's just like, 
it's just a little win and like 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 staying in these bubbles too like we create these love and light bubbles right that we live in and then all of a sudden you go into the real world so anyway we're slowly gonna filter out with our language into the real world and I think you know watching shows like um what's I was gonna I was gonna say the code not called the code what are you watching what's the show with Mary Magdalene in it the chosen the chosen Mm -hmm. um shows like that like the da Vinci like slowly these are being weaved into our culture and we can be very grateful for that but it is not going to happen unless people are having conversations Mm -hmm. like this underground so we really appreciate you taking the time to facilitate that and be a part of this co-creating magic that we're doing here today we're yeah we're just very very grateful it's my pleasure it's yeah it's having like-minded conversations like this Mm -hmm. and obviously filtering them out to the masses like you do with this podcast um but even just being the example you Mm -hmm. know and Mm -hmm. showing a being a way show or showing a different way showing a different Mm -hmm. reality and state of being Mm -hmm. like that has a ripple effect even at the grocery store like if I when I walk around without a mask or the mask down underneath my nose people are like what Mm -hmm. what is she doing Mm -hmm. she can breathe oxygen like she's choosing not to conform Mm -hmm. um it's like that happened to me and then I saw someone else take off their mask that I'd seen on a different aisle like 10 minutes before like it's Mm -hmm. a ripple effect Um, And you see that just in having these conversations, just in the way you are and and be Mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. So it's just like that Gandhi quote that's super cheesy, but very true. Like be the change you wish to see in the world. world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very, very true. So thanks for providing this platform for us to have this conversation. And yeah, it's just. Where can people find you? I asked you this in the last one, but yeah, we might as well just find you again. Yes. Instagram primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, handle is at sign Victoria Whitley with two Y's at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I churn out free wisdom content on the daily, like to trigger people and like a walking trigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, one of my clients said that the other day. I was like, that is so true. I'm just like, <laughs> dealing out free shadow work to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, y'all should be paying me. <laughs> Um, so yeah Instagram is the bee's knees um, and then also my website I have a free little I forgot to mention this on the last podcast but um, free little diagram that takes you through each season of your cycle every month oh Um, yeah so you can download it right now yeah (laughs) I want that yeah and it also like goes into like your biochemistry that week um the the archetypes of that week um and then also I have a ton of blog posts on there too uh wisdom like rituals to do while you're bleeding things like that that feminine history that was disregarded that I mentioned is on there too so first story cool I really want to I'm going to check that out yeah and that's that victoriarichmond.com yeah I'll include these links in the show notes so like if people are listening they can just go and have a look and click away and they'll be fine yes um well thank you again thank you again for your time and uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon (laughs) yes thank you so much for having me it was a pleasure okay we'll talk soon Bye. bye bye thank you again for spending your time with us we realize how valuable your time is yeah 
and the fact that you spent it with us. Our episodes are usually long. <laughs> really long. This is normally the point in the outro where we ask you to like and share and screenshot this and share it with all your friends. We're not going to ask you to do that because you are a grown ass human. <laughs> <laughs> and you can do what you want. You can do whatever you want. If you feel inspired to, great. Awesome. If you don't, we're it's not fine. here to tell you what to do. It's fine. We love you anyway. In doing this podcast and having conversations outside of this podcast, we realized how impactful these conversations can be. And now we are open to connecting with you and working with you to uplevel your mindset. The beauty about the podcast is you can hear us and how we talk to each other and the types of conversations that we have. And if you can visualize yourself having these conversations with us, then you might be the appropriate client for us to work with. You can head over to our website at ourmanifestationjourney.com and you can sign up there for a free consultation to see if we would be a good fit. The song used in this podcast is called The Little Things, which I love. It's created by the very talented and generous Bonus Points. Actually, his name is Chris, but he goes by Bonus Points. You can find him and his music at his website, which is bonuspointsmusic.com, and his Instagram at bonus.points. And you can find his music on most of the popular music streaming platforms. We listen to him on Spotify. We just want to say thank you. Thank you for sharing your energy with us. Thank you for sending your energy to us. We're so grateful that you've come along with us this far. We genuinely wish you a life filled with joy and abundance. Mm. Yes. And we'll see you next time on our manifestation journey.